0: Welcome to Mad Toast Live, recorded in front of a live audience. Oh, look at this crowd. We're at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, right down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. We're your hosts. I'm Mary Gaines, and this
1: is Chris Wagon. Thank you all for coming down tonight. We're very, very pleased to welcome Arkady Yushin. Thanks for, for coming here and being on the show tonight. It's all my pleasure, Chris. Yeah. We, uh, This is sort of part two of a, a, a two-set show here. Uh, our friend Chuck Lemans visiting from Austria, and Arkady is uh, recording with us all the next couple of days, coming down from the Twin Cities. But, um, so you can check out the previous podcast and hear Chuck's show, too, to hear a little bit more. But uh, but you, you've you been up in the Twin Cities for a few Years now, and I know you haven't been with Peter Peter Strushko for a couple years, but I know you were on the road for quite a while with a great mandolin player and multi instrumentalist, Peter Strushko.
2: Uh, Yes, um, we stopped working together a couple years ago, but prior to this, we've been on a tour together in a duet for uh, three and a half years. It was a great time to (laughs) work. And all over.
1: (laughs) Now, also Prairie Home Companion. Have you, have you played on the show? You've probably played on there.
2: Actually, no. Oh, I've really? never played on the no. program company. No, but <laughs> you've,
1: had, you've had songs played on there, though, I think. I know I, I heard this uh, somewhere.
2: It could have, could have been performed, yeah. OK.
1: <laughs> Someone told me this, I don't know. So. But in the Twin Cities, we were talking about the Twin Cities, about Minneapolis-St. Paul earlier. And, uh, and it's interesting, the life of a, uh, a touring musician such as yourself, um, being someplace but not being someplace. I mean, you live there, but when you're touring, you're not really there, hardly at all.
2: Um, Yes, I remember how we talked about it today. I guess you want me to mention what is the karma of the touring musician. Yeah, Um, yeah, well, the story is I got to tour a lot, and I'm living, paying the rent in uh, Twin Cities, living on touring dates every week basically puts me uh, puts you out of uh, puts you out of town yeah. and a musical network that you used to work with can automatically forget you and when you don't have touring dates uh, you you may discover that this the city that you live in it, it, that just doesn't remember you and so yeah there's a downside of yeah. being a touring, touring musician.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm sure, you know, maybe it's not true that they don't actually remember you. It may be that they're just, they're, they're in awe and they just uh, don't know how to deal with you now.
0: <laughs> you've grown too large. I'm just throwing that, that out there, I don't know.
1: Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'm just, just a guess, I don't know. <laughs> but this wonderful, st- just right. <laughs> this wonderful style you've come up with, we were talking about that too, you, you were in the army, in, for a while, right? In, I, I assume in- In,
2: in, in arm, have I have been to army for what?
1: <laughs> uh, did I miss, did I mishear that? No. When you, uh, this, this style that you've come up with. Yes. Is a conglomeration of all sorts of wonderful things.
2: And uh, in what part army comes in? I don't <laughs> <say that. laughs>
1: I, I probably misheard. We were having guacamole earlier, you know. And, <laughs> I the guacamole know. went straight to your Yeah, yeah well, I, I stuck some in my ear. And, but, uh, no, we were talking about, um, um, I think, oh, I know, because well, I had a bunch of instruments out, and you had picked up my dobro at home, and you were messing around on that, and uh, saying that you, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but uh, hearing what you were playing, I go oh, yeah, man, it sounds like a slide guitar. It sounds like lots of things.
2: Um, yeah, well, I guess I can tell this is a story of my life. I put myself on a mission, uh, collecting guitar styles and a possible guitar styles. And at some point in my life, I advertised myself as a guitarist multi-stylist and I got some more session work out of it because I, I really could uh, surprise producers with uh, bringing... Like variety of the styles to their disposal, if they're working on a certain project, is a country rock or jazz or flamenco or something very, very experimental. I had really a lot to offer and uh, part of part of the benefit came from this mission that I put myself into It's a collecting guitar styles, and at some point. Studying language of other instruments, like mandolin, dobro, sitar, even string quartet, piano, and using their language, their voicings, their traditional way of approaching melody or harmony for the guitar, and uh, bits and pieces of it be- become a part part of my style.
1: I like what was the. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we're, were talking about bending notes, and uh, there was. Uh, oh, no. Well, actually. Well, there, there was
0: a couple chords you played earlier today that don't really look humanly possible. This, so this could be a lesson for guitar beautifully players. Beautifully, <laughs> yeah. clearly. In.
1: You know the extended forms where you see. Like if you've seen Alan Holdsworth play or something like that, you know, where you have the pinky is like halfway up the neck and the index finger is back by the nut. You know, it's humanly impossible. And I learned something today because you you said, I didn't realize you don't, pay attention guitar players, by the way, you don't reach with your fourth finger, right? You reach, you nail the fourth finger down and you reach back with your index finger. Exactly. Okay.
0: Can you show us that chord you played earlier?
2: Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> yep. That'd be um, E minor seven nine.
0: See that? That's not possible. Yeah.
2: Uh, e flat seven nine flat five.
0: <laughs> and that's why a lot of people, when they hear you, think that you're playing in some open tuning. When in fact you're just using drop D. Is that right?
2: Uh, on occasion, drop you, but most of the time, that's the yeah, traditional tuning. Yeah.
0: yeah. When I was studying guitar, I I always thought that, you know, I don't want to learn all these other tunings, but, but uh, yeah, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the
2: research in a in mission was, uh, well, guitar and alternate open open tunings. There's a, certainly definitely the beautiful sound, mm-hmm. and. Uh, well, I started researching for myself by ear and just technically on the guitar why they sound, you know, so crystal and beautiful and mostly it's uh, uh, it's developed by using chords with an interval of major or minor second inside of them. Um. In this particular example, those two notes, that's a major second interval, and those, those—it's a major second interval as well. We usually have a theory
1: test later in the show, so this is just before that. So you're warming people up here. It's it's gorgeous, it's just drop-dead gorgeous.
2: Thank you, Riz, I'm glad it makes some memory notes.
0: Would you like to play another song? Uh,
2: yes, yes. Really oh, pleasure.
0: what was the first one called?
2: Uh, it's one called Spring, Mississippi, Mississippi Spring. Okay. Oh.
0: I've got to ask you one more question before you play. Um, how much of that piece was improvised?
2: Uh, no, none of it. I was just none struggling to put these learned parts together. I okay. haven't played this tune for a while, so sorry for missed notes there. No, <laughs>
0: I didn't hear anything. Anybody hear anything? I didn't hear
1: anything. Was You'll have to point them out as you go. You could say, there was one. There's one.
2: <laughs> I'll play another tune. It's called uh, Ten Angels. There's a little story to it. But first I'll ask Greg to to turn down a little bit monitors. I'm having a feedback here. so yeah tune called 10 angels and it dedicated to the the angels who i'm sure have been pulling me out out of all the trouble i got myself into over the course of time and according to the depth of the trouble i believed honestly that it didn't take one angel it had to be at least 10 to pull me out of those one of those trouble and uh, yeah that's a that's a that's the tune. <laughs>
1: Sounded like at least ten angels, right? a yeah. like hundred angels singing. That's beautiful. Um, what? I know this is a common question, maybe, but uh, and maybe very difficult to answer too. But um, who are some of your main influences? Since you do have such a variety of things in your playing.
2: Yeah, that's that's why it's a very difficult question yeah. to answer. When the whole thing started, I was nine. You know, I've been taken through all line of the guitar players. I didn't miss anyone. Whoever that is—Alan Holsworth, Jimi Hendrix, Richie Blackmore, Carlos Santana, Jeff Beck—all of it been, you know, part of the studies. You know, I had was picking up by ear, you know, solos from, you know, this tape recorder with the two speeds, and yeah, putting myself together as a guitarist. But uh, at some point. Uh, later in the music life. I actually stopped listening to the guitar players for somewhat 10, 15 years, just to clear the reference point from Mm -hmm. take the guitar players out. Eventually becoming a composer, you know, a regional composer. You cannot learn from the guitar players. You gotta learn from inside yourself, using everything you know about music.
1: To find your own voice, I mean, to be exactly, original. Exactly, exactly. Um. I found when you mentioned this afternoon, I thought it was really interesting. And it made sense after a tune that we had played, we kind of got off on this bluegrass tangent a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was not really blue. It was bluegrass something. <laughs> it wasn't straight up bluegrass. But uh, you said early on a show you saw Nitty Gritty Dirt Band a long time ago and that kind of caught me off guard I said, that's, that's interesting
2: that could have been serious not like influence but one of the biggest triggers I've been turned on to
1: seeing John McEwen
2: John McEwen, exactly yeah. it's an absolutely amazing gus- musician you got to have here <laughs> in in this country it's a McEwen yeah. I was Twelve maybe or thirteen, out of nowhere, this guys, nitty-gritty dirt band appeared with a TV concert. They came to Moscow. To play. All the stuff what you have here, guys, was prohibited in those places, and it's out of nowhere. The country band is coming, country rock band, and yeah, the amazing musicians and the McHugh and suddenly turned my head yeah. the other way around and I, from that point on I knew exactly what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you studied in... Uh, where did you start studying guitar? Uh,
2: well, my dad taught me. I started playing when I was nine. Mm-hmm. Then I've been changing a lot of teachers over the course of time and at some point I got... Um, a scholarship at Berkeley College of Music. Mm-hmm. And I specifically found one guy there I really wanted to study with. Uh, it's only one class available, only privately with him. It's called American, Advanced American Finger Style. And by the time I got to Berkeley, went through the couple uh, three semesters, he quit teaching there. And I never got to study with him. And then, by accident, I I end up in Minneapolis, and I got that full scholarship at another private jazz college. And he happened to be teaching there. He quit teaching at Berkeley and was teaching there. So had you not known that
1: he was there, was that a surprise? I had no idea. Oh, man! They didn't
2: tell me where he's gone. That's a policy. That's great. And uh, yeah, we made a friend. So we I studied with him. We made a duet. We made a record. And. that's another story. It was, yeah. you know, it was a very... Uh, his name is Robert Stanton. Okay. Might, maybe not everyone knows him, He never really become that famous, but you know how it goes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Did, um, so that, is that CD available on your website? Do you still have that one out?
2: It's just some mp3s flying from okay. one email to another. It's yes. not the kind of record what was like, promoted, taken out. No? Mm-hmm.
1: But if people want to hear more of your music, they can go to arkanmusic.com. A-R-K-A-N, arkanmusic.com. Uh,
2: yeah, maybe a better one would be okay. just on MySpace. Okay. MySpace uh, Arkan project, yeah. but more updated.
1: Yeah, we'll have that listed on our website too. That'll be on Mad Toast Live for this that episode. Figures. So you will know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: You
2: want to play one? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll play a tune that, uh, uh, while I was touring with Peter, we got to play big chunks of my music, and thanks to that, I sold a lot of CDs. <laughs> And that's one of the tunes we played together in a duet. So I'll play my part, and you can imagine the fiddle. <laughs> Actually, that one we could have learned and played, but sorry, kind of didn't cross my mind. It just flew off. Sorry. But uh, listen now, and we can practice later. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's called Only Strings Know. Thank mm-hmm. you.
0: Madison has a new guitar god, <laughs>
1: or another one. I'm sure that all guitarists are wondering, what the hell kind of strings do you use anyway? you um, yeah. the
2: tar out of those things. The technical question. Yeah. Uh, well, I use extra light. It's a set of 10th. And uh, for the sixth and a first string, I use uh, strings from a set of 12th. So that gives it balance. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> I can bend anything, just those, it's easier to yeah.
1: bend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You had a really cool little sitar-y sound towards yeah. the end. Like a cross between a sitar and mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> do you play
1: electric, too?
2: Uh, yes, I'm originally an electric guitarist. I guitar the influence over late, yeah. like maybe five, six years.
1: Do, do you, uh, Telecaster?
2: Um, or what, what kind of electrics uh, yeah, do you like? Yeah, I had that question before. <laughs>
1: right.
2: uh, no, not the Telecaster. I'm, I'm using actually Stratocaster with Telecaster-ish pickups. Okay. <laughs> for the guitar players, I'm sure they know the Joe Barton pickups. That's what I use. But not for the sake of the Joe Barton tone. Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> this is a very technical show. It's Yeah, great. It yeah it's, it's fine. Yeah. the guitar players I think you got to check out this episode man yeah but I just tell I mean obviously all the string bending and stuff that comes to mind but you don't need the b benders and all that stuff you just no. do it with your hands mm-hmm. i wanted to ask you a lot of jazz influence obviously in your playing um, these these great voicings and uh, but but a rather you, you must have when you were studying at berkeley the, the, you know, the standard guitar technique that we think of, you know, the flat pick.
0: Well, he was studying fingerstyle.
1: Oh, you were studying fingerstyle. Well, fingerstyle jazz, As of course. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, that answers my question. Never mind. I retract the question. But sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry.
2: Yeah, never mind. Well, would like to share anything else?
0: Well, yeah. Please.
3: Do you but have I, something? Like I'm sorry, I'm your... interrupting into your no, show. No no no, no, no,
2: no, no. No, this is oh, your show. I'd,
0: I'd so. like to hear about your personal philosophy,
2: been reworking the philosophy lately. Uh-huh. But, uh, well, you you well,
0: expressed part of it earlier about how you like to um, not just be a guitarist, you like to expand uh, what you listen to to fill out your musicality, basically.
2: Um, yeah, I usually suggest that my uh, students, because this is experience I really got to taste on myself. If you wanna really really learn how to make music on a guitar, maybe learning from a guitar players at some point should be you know put on a on a list of the pretty dangerous business. To infiltrate someone else's techniques and someone else's sound into into your fingers. It's a pretty, you know, risky business up up until the certain point of course mm-hmm. right. so yeah listening to classical music and uh, actually mostly studying how other musicians think what what do they have in mind when they produce certain melodies or improvisation or a certain harmonies what they actually thinking about and it's definitely they're not thinking about guitar shapes or right. styles of other musicians who previously yeah. played that you know, when they're coming up with something really original and the, the reference has been taken from absolutely different places.
1: I think about some pl- other players of, players of other instruments like Chopin, you know. Pl- players that would play things that uh, uh, other piano players would go would say, you have to be kidding me you know, at the time. It's like, where did Well, I remember you in music
0: to? theory class, there was a, yeah. a piece, well, in music theory class, we were just learning about perfect fifths, and they said, oh, you should never write a piece that has a bunch of perfect fifths next to each other. And then we were um, required to go to this Chopin concert, and the whole piece was perfect fifths <laughs> next to each other. So we all just sat there and went, wait a minute, mm-hmm.
1: he, how come he can do it? And yeah. I can't. Wait a minute. Yeah. But you're
0: writing a book right now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and that um, part of what you were talking about is incorporated in the book. Learning to hear more music than just guitar music. Is that a complicated uh, Yes,
2: logic? yes, exactly. Actually, well, most of my students uh, had some already performing musicians, performing artists, they're recording artists, songwriters. I uh, have one director of a band in church. Music directors, so they learn how to arrange, how to improvise, how to write deeper harmonies, how to write more interesting melodies. So it's a, some kind of a course of updating, uh, uh, updating whole their f- fundament of the for of of no- musical knowledge. And uh, I decided to call the book. A uh, book, book is something, it's a supplemental material for the study. so besides specific <laughs> subjects, yeah. we uh, we just go on over the course of the certain studies that you must know, and I call that applied theory. So they know how all the harmony, all the scales, all the vergers of all chords, how they do, do they look on their instrument? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we need to see to come up, to yeah. to build a platform for original music. Mm-hmm. It's not someone else's chords and someone else's style. It's actually what is happening in a harmony, and how their melody apply on that harmony, and why they sound in a certain way. Yeah. And that becomes very, very productive, productive studies. I'm I'm really surprised where it's been taken by some of my students, especially who are people already, you know, talented, creative. They already write music. They have so much of the talent and when you just give them direction, a little bit of a new knowledge where to go and how to go with it, they just pick up this little piece of the information that they didn't have before and they run with it so far, my god.
1: Isn't it rewarding? Teaching, we, we have private students too and it's, it's a wonderful thing. Do you find, I don't know if you find this, we, I find that, that I learn a lot from my students um, you know, maybe not so much about the nuts and bolts of the music, but certainly about the way I, I look at it, because it's the way they're looking at it with a different...
0: It's honing in. Yeah. That's part of what's so fun about teaching, is you get to hone in on what they need, and it makes you think about it, and...
2: Uh, <laughs> it makes know. you finally to think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get better
0: language to describe it by doing that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Is this a book that, is it, It's
1: You're still writing it, right? It's not complete yet?
2: It's not complete. yet. Okay, uh, but English my third language, so it takes me a while. To, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what are your
0: other two languages?
2: Uh, uh, actually, other three: it's Russian, Belarusian, and Polish.
1: Okay,
0: Belarusian is—is uh, is that a mixture or uh, a whole? No, it's
2: kind of a deep, deep, deep dialect of the just Slavic overall languages. Okay. It's uh-huh. one of the. Yeah, what would something. No way, no way.
1: So, what would a phrase in.
0: Okay, what's butterfly in Just the word
1: butterfly.
2: Okay, I guess I have to explain it the same way Chuck did. There's some words I just don't remember anymore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's been a 12 and a half years.
3: Our our most
0: amusing, the reason why we always say butterfly is because we're so amused by the German word for butterfly. She's ein Schmetterling. (laughs) Of course, if you
1: say it like that, you know, ein Schmetterling. But, you know, in French, it's papillon. Papillon. You know, everything's pretty pretty in French. This is my language, guys. The guitar, okay. How do you say
0: butterfly on the guitar? (laughs) How do you say butterfly on any instrument? In guitar.
1: another tune or?
2: Uh, yeah, there's a um, pretty fresh creation. Okay. Um, uh, That's a piece called um, Where Her Heart Is. And I, I, I wrote it pretty re- recently and musically it attached itself to the previous one, only strings known to that one. <laughs> become like a second part the first part of it and when I was given a name to to one and to another I actually I didn't think about previous one but when I put them together it end up as a, one kind of a, another title the third title of two tunes only strings know where her heart is so and I keep them together like this mm-hmm. Do you actually understand what I just said?
3: We'll
1: Thank you. 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 Would you like to hear one more? We do have time for one more. Excellent. Mr. Arkady Yushin.
2: Unleashed. And there's actually a story to it.
0: Unleashed?
2: Unleashed. Okay. Um, it's a story about Pony. We, we had a long tour through Montana, and we especially took time to drive through it, to see everything, Beartooth Mountains, like everything, when I was out there. and. Uh, title to this tune came you know, for while we've been driving through one of the Montana valleys. The valleys filled with the, the buffalo, mm-hmm. it was like half a thousand of them. She was so beautiful. So the story about Pony, who lived on a farm you know, in Montana, and he was in love with this uh, Mustang. How do you call it? Female Mustang.
1: Um, female Mustang.
2: Pardon? A
1: filly. Philly 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 yeah
2: he yes. was in love with this filly who lived on a farm too and so he had like serious guy issues <laughs> being a pony so he went to the mountains to pray to the great Spirit you know to turn him into something a little bigger a little more attractive and uh, great spirits submitted to this and turned this pony guy into like beautiful Mustang. So the Mustang comes down to the valley, and goes on his farm, goes into the barn where this Philly is hanging out and well approaching her with the honorable intentions. And she says, Well you know what, you you like you look like a decent Mustang, but I'm in love with a pony. And he went to hang out where he will be coming back soon and I'm actually gonna tell him that I'm in love with him too. <laughs> so since then he's running unleashed <laughs> you know, in the Montana Mountains. <laughs>
1: Patty, you should.
2: MySpace.com/slash Arcon Project. There you go.
1: That's how you check it out. So thanks again for coming. Nice. Thank you so much. Wonderful. I can't wait to hear this one. <laughs> <laughs> so Thank you. Thank you Thank you all for coming tonight.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Greg thank you very much for bringing me into this <laughs> thank you
1: special thanks to Mr. Greg White back behind the soundboard tonight and uh, you can catch us on madtoastlive.com and also on the podcast director of iTunes thank you for coming